decisions have you made that changed the direction of your life? Well, this is The Christian Working Woman with Mary Lohman, and I'm Julie Bastide. Mary, your topic today is destiny decisions, and I know you're going to be talking about the importance of making right decisions at different destiny points in our lives. You know, Julie, we can all look back over our lives and think, if I had made a different decision at that point, my life would have turned out so differently. For example, if you had chosen to live in a different location, or Mm -hmm. if your family had not moved to a different location, your life would have turned out quite differently. So it's really important that we make good destiny decisions. Right. It reminds me of the poem by Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken, where he says, Two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled, and that's made all the difference. Exactly. And as Christians, we need to know how to make destiny decisions that take us on the righteous path, the one that will lead us to follow Christ at every turn in the road. Well, that destiny decision you made many years ago to begin this ministry has certainly shaped your life, has it not? Well, to say the least, I'm so thankful for the privilege I've had all these years to walk this path with the Lord. Mm. Well, we're ready to hear your thoughts on destiny decisions. What are destiny decisions? Well, those are decisions we have made or we have yet to make which changed or will change our destinies. They are choices and decisions we make that take us to a different destiny. And most often, we don't even recognize how impactful that destiny decision was until we look back in retrospect. No doubt you can think of some destiny decisions you've made in your life that, in retrospect, you see that they changed the destiny of your life. And no doubt you'd like to do some of those decisions over. New Beginnings has an appeal for us, does it not? Just the idea of starting all over again, making better choices, taking a different path, avoiding the mistakes we made, wiping out the past, it just sounds good, doesn't it? Or maybe we just like something new and exciting in our lives, something just to liven things up and put a little jazz in our lives. During the restless years of my life when I was wandering far from God, I was always looking for something new to perk me up. My first choice was a man, but if no man was around, then some new clothes or a new adventure, go somewhere for fun. I changed jobs three times because I was restless and looking for something new to make life more interesting, more exciting. I remember that Saturday nights were particularly difficult for me. I never wanted to sit home on a Saturday night. I mean, if you were sitting home alone on a Saturday night, something must be wrong with you. That's what I thought. So I always made plans for Saturday night, looking for something or someone who would fill my life with interest or excitement. Sometimes people look for changes in their lives to get out of a bad situation. They're in a job they don't like, so they look for a new one. They're married to a person who doesn't suit them, so they have affairs or get divorced. How many people do you know who have made terrible decisions because they simply wanted to get out of a bad situation? Maybe even some listening today, I dare say. True, sometimes we do need to get out of some situations we're in. But if we move in haste or without God's guidance, then we can make the wrong decision, choose the wrong road. The Bible tells us of people who made poor destiny decisions. People like Eve and Esau, Sarah and Judas. 
There's another story in the Bible of a man who was looking for a change. His name was Elimelech, and he was a citizen of Bethlehem, somewhere between 1200 and 1300 B.C., in one of the most tumultuous times in Israel's long-troubled history. We read in Ruth 1, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilian. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah, and they went into the country of Moab and remained there. Now, Elimelech made a destiny decision. He took his wife Naomi and their two sons and moved from Israel to Moab, a neighboring nation. I'm sure he must have given it much thought and decided that a geographical change was exactly what they needed in order to survive. He had what would appear to be a good reason. There was a great famine in his land, and he was having difficulty feeding his family. It would seem a good plan to human logic— Yet when Elimelech left the borders of the promised land, he left the protection and provision God had promised to his people. What Elimelech did is one of those things we all sometimes are inclined to do under the stress of circumstances. We're tempted to step outside of God's promise and seek solutions to our problems on our own terms. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but it's end is the way of death. It looked right to Elimelech going to this new place, but it brought him and his two sons actual death. They died there in Moab. In our own lives, you and I may never face literal famines, but our hungers encompass more than food. We hunger in different ways. For example, we hunger for acceptance. We hunger for vocational fulfillment for recognition and success. We hunger for sufficiency and adequacies. We hunger for love. And we hunger for marriage and children. We hunger for financial stability and success, just to mention a few. And these hungers can lead us to make changes that simply make things worse. We try to satisfy these inner needs by going to some new place or doing some new thing or finding some new person, and it just doesn't work. True, sometimes God's plan for our lives takes us to a new place, but when we are frantically trying to fulfill our dreams and desires by our own manipulative means— We just end up making things worse. We set ourselves up for great disappointment and defeat because we expect to find our needs met by some new circumstance or some new person, asking of them what they can never deliver. Only the Lord can bring about true change and genuine fulfillment, and He does it from the inside out. Nevertheless, there is an Elimelech alive in all of us, looking for a new time and a new place on our own terms. You've heard it said in words like these, My spouse isn't fulfilling my emotional needs, so I deserve, no, I need, those secret fantasies, that pornography, or that adulterous affair. It's obvious I'm not going to find a Christian man to marry, Look how long I've waited, so I'm going to take whatever looks good to me. It'll work out in time. Or, 
I'm never going to get ahead in this job by living by the rules. Nobody else does. If I have to cut a few corners to climb the ladder, so be it. Or, uh, I know this movie contains a lot of explicit sex and illicit relationships, but hey, this is life the way it is now. You can't watch a movie that doesn't. And besides, I need a little excitement in my life, even if it's vicarious. Or, I deserve some new clothes, a new car, a better place to live. I'll pay these debts off somehow, sometime. You know, we can sell ourselves on our need to make things happen, and many times we are living in self-deceptions. I mean, we really believe we have to take control and make things happen in our lives, so we move to our Moab to avoid the famine in our lives. We all have free choice to make these kind of decisions, but we cannot choose the consequences that result. As I've said so often, you can choose your sin, but you can't choose its consequences. And Elimelech paid an incredibly high price for trying to solve his problem in his way. Reading again from Ruth, the first chapter, but Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives, The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. They lived there about ten years, and then both Malon and Kilian died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Elimelech chased a rainbow and lost an inheritance. He took his family with him, and they lost everything too, including him. He had left the boundaries of God's promised land and protection, and found death. The passing of these men was not an act of an angry God, but simply a commentary on what happens outside the boundaries of God's plan. Jesus, who calls us into life, calls us within specific boundaries. He may have a new time and a new place for you, but it will be on his terms, not yours. When you step outside the boundaries of his covenant, Of his terms as given in his word, you'll suffer the consequences and you won't find what you're so desperately looking for. That's the deception of the evil one who's constantly trying to trip us up and make us believe that God's way is not a good way. If we do it our way, that'll be good. That's where it all started with Eve in the garden, isn't it? The enemy, Satan, convinced her that God's way was just hard and harsh, and she would never be happy doing what God wanted her to do. If she just would eat this fruit, everything would be wonderful. And we are so easily deceived by Satan's sinful messages to us, making things and people and other places look so alluring to us, making sin look so reasonable to us that we fall into his trap. When you make a destiny decision, you want to know God's will and by his grace make the right decision that takes you down the right path. Sometimes they're hard decisions. Sometimes we have to go against our emotions and our feelings, but they are decisions that take us on the right path that leads to life. Well, there's a lot more I want to say about destiny decisions, so I'll plan to do that next week, and I hope you'll join me again at the same time. 
So, Mary, I was thinking about what you said about Elimelech. He chased a rainbow and lost an inheritance. But I'm sure he thought he was doing the right thing, and yet he made a destiny decision that brought great pain and suffering and death. Yeah, it's true. You know, we can learn a lot from Elimelech's mistake. He left Bethlehem, which means house of bread, and went looking for bread outside of God's boundaries. He just didn't stop to think how this decision would change Mm. the destiny of his life and his family's. (laughs) Yet, in the end, we have the beautiful story of Ruth, who returned to Bethlehem with Naomi, and then God chose her to be the grandmother of King David. (laughs) I know. I can never cease to be amazed at how God takes our worst choices, our wrong decisions, and can still use them for his glory. But the consequences are always there. Well, we look forward to hearing your closing thoughts on this topic of destiny decisions next week. You'll find this message on our website at christianworkingwoman.org. Do you know how to adopt forever eyes? It's being able to view earthly matters from the standpoint of eternity. Well, in our next Zoom Bible study, we'll determine how to have a fresh perspective on everything including friends and family, successes, failures, money, and possessions. The study begins on January 10th at 7 p.m. You'll join women from across the country and even around the world as we study God's Word together. Just visit our website to register and get more information. It's christianworkingwoman.org. Did you know that we offer other resources to encourage, equip, and empower you in your spiritual journey? We have Bible studies that can help you get to know God, improve your relationships, and so much more. Turn your daily time with God into a meaningful adventure. If you're interested in learning about what we offer in our shop, head on over to christianworkingwoman.org. Well, I'm Julie Bastide thanking you for joining Mary Loma today on The Christian Working Woman. Don't forget to join us this time next week to hear the second part of Mary's message, on destiny decisions.